Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The revolution is televised. Episode 115 of the Unplugged Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin Velasquez, back for the second time this week. There's one reason and one big reason why, and that would be AEW Revolution Car 2023, March 5th from San Francisco, California. I have a return guest for the second time. He's flying solo with me tonight. This is an honor because this does not happen often. And he's wearing a Timberwolves hat to match. Yeah, buddy. From the Top Rope Nation podcast, Mr. Justin Joint, how are you this evening? I am doing pretty darn good uh it, it feels like wrestling is really hot right now uh both promotions uh you know just coming off of a, a pretty solid ish uh, elimination chamber card um something that i was very excited going into with the Sami Zayn stuff and i was getting a little worried about this revolution build but who buddy after after that last dynamite i'm ready let's go let's let's get sunday we have some positive news on that front is eight matches yeah, uh, and they just added uh, Christian Cage and Jack Perry, right? That's the eighth. That is the eighth, and I mean, they could have. That's that feud's been building for how long now? Eight yeah. nine months. So it's on Sunday, which stinks. And yes. as you pointed out, it's eight matches, but one of those is going to be in at least an hour. You know, not not including entrances and whatnot, and. Uh, I, I'm an old man with a family, so I, I am a little worried. I, I hope they keep some of these matches short, which looking at this card, some of these matches should be short. Uh, so, you know, if if I am, you know, I'm central time zone here. So if I'm staring down like 1030 and the hour man's just getting started, that's not going to get watched until Monday. <laughs> so I, I, I hope they keep it snappy. And I just wish they'd start a little earlier, like start at six or something. I don't know. West Coast, I believe. Mm. Well, other than Vegas, of course, this is mm. I was going to say this is the first non-Vegas West Coast pay-per-view that they've done from San Francisco, California. True. That's yeah. probably going to play a part. Yeah. So I don't know. I, would you agree that they're I mean, looking at the card, I, I'd say half these. There's no reason they need to go you know, close to 15 minutes on them on half. I, I would definitely agree with you. I guess maybe this is kind of, you know, what really would have helped would have been a, a Jade Cargill squash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could have yep. thrown that in the middle. That'd have been an easy five, six minute match, but, but only it would, it would have to replace something on this card in which, you know, having said that for the most part, you know, even though I just said like, there's a lot, there's a handful of matches on here that 
don't need to go, you know, more than 15 minutes. That doesn't mean that, you know, this, this card is pretty stacked. It's pretty solid. It, it's, it's just about all killer, no filler for the most part. It's, it's stuff that's been building for at least, you know, months, if not longer. Um, and I was getting worried, you know, they, they were hot, you know, that there was two episodes there with dynamite that it was just kind of, it felt like they were almost intentionally slowing things down, but boy, I, you know, I, I know the Moxley promo didn't kick off that last dynamite, but to me, it felt like that show was bookend by, by two just absolutely stellar promos that completely sold the pay-per-view for me, especially uh, Brian Danielson's because that was a match I was kind of lukewarm on, but who boy, it, that's damn near neck and neck for the match. I am uh, most looking forward to now. You mentioned that with Brian Danielson and, or you mentioned the match quality or even the quality of the television shows. It was as soon as the fifth match that Brian Danielson had, because he went five straight weeks where he ran the table and he also had a match the first week of January as well. So he, he had six matches in a row, I guess maybe with that being a humongous highlight, because all of his matches were great. You had Takeshita, mm -hmm. Bandito. Brian Cage was also a very good one. And I'm trying to think of the two others Roosh. in there as well. Roosh was the fifth, arguably the best, is what some people say. That would probably be my best, but I know a lot of people love the Bandito match. Yes, I was a Bandito fan. And then he threw an oddball in there for some with Timothy Thatcher wrestling the almost Greco-Roman 1960s yeah. and 70s as you. I think you guys eloquently stayed all the time. Pick a limb, tell a story. Yeah, buddy. That, that's our kind of wrestling. Exactly. Which <laughs> I'll shout it out right now, even though I've not listened to it. I've had a crazy last 72 hours. Wrestle War 1991 was the topic of a conversation on the Top Rope Nation Patreon podcast, which is something I will be listening to tomorrow it is a very very small fee to join but is well worth their time and the last handful of episodes that three of you have been together oh my heavens <laughs> the wrestle war one got interesting because you know normally uh ryan and kyle are kind of the rocks that keep me from maybe imbibing a little too much on on alcoholic beverages but uh they were both kind of getting after it and i think it's a, a really solid show uh, but it might also be our most drunken show. But we had we had a blast. <laughs> uh, I saw you with the whiskey cup or the whiskey glass in in tow over there. What are you, what are you yeah. sipping on this evening? Uh, I you know I don't know if you have been or have checked it out the uh, Dax Harwood podcast FTR bits and pieces. He's been on on a tequila kick. Yeah. So uh, listening to that has gotten me. I'm normally a, a scotch or bourbon guy, uh, but I've got a El Mayor tequila here, uh, and it's an Anejo. Um, not too bad. So I'm, I'm on a bit of a tequila kick because uh, Dak's a big tequila fan, and before every show, he he cracks open a new one, and he describes it, and it just makes me thirsty for tequila. So that's that's what I'm doing right now. Are you into those little intricacies of, of the alcohol, of the whiskey, the tequila, and just kind of, ooh, just the sip with the bitterness and the flavors? I try to be. I, I don't think my my nose or taste bud is as as advanced as they really need to be to describe some of that stuff. But for the most part, at the very least, if you blind tested me with like a cheap scotch and a good scotch, I can I can tell you which one is which. 
I am quite confident that you can do it. I think all three <laughs> of you guys can do it. I have a very, very long next probably 36 hours as well. So I am not drinking any alcohol. However, here in the great state of Minnesota, we have THC legal beverages. Oh, you lucky dog. We got a little pineapple raspberry tint from Modest Brewing. Modest Brewing is my favorite brewery in the Twin Cities. I'm assuming you've been there. Oh, no, I haven't. I don't think I've even heard of that. Fulton. I'm assuming you've heard of Fulton. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Heard of Fulton. It's two blocks away from Fulton. Okay. Uh, Fulton is my go-to when I go to Timberwolves games up there because yeah. they sell those there. Yes, they do. Are you a 300 person? The Fulton 300? The, the IPA? No, no, it wasn't the IPA. IPAs for me are only if I'm going to have one or two. Yes. And normally when I go to the Timberwolves game, it's uh, with my buddy and, you know, I'm away from the family usually. So I, I'm normally getting after it. So I'm going more for like the wheat ales or, you know, something along that. Fulton solid. But I, I will tell you the next time that you are in town and like if you're headed to Fulton at some point, I it would behoove you to make a stop at Modest. Yeah, I got to get there. There there was another one that I was trying to talk him into going to last time. It's like the, the logo is a, a bearded guy. Or so I can't, I always forget the name of dangerous this man. Thank you. Thank you. That's the other one I've been wanting to get to. So modest and dangerous men. Those are the ones I'm, I'm going to get to next time I go up. Dangerous man will not yet let you down Their Their darker ones are definitely they're more superb. So for all those beer snobs out there, the peanut butter Porter is my favorite. A lot of people swear on the chocolate milk stout. Okay. Okay. I'm not usually a big stout guy, but, uh, for you in the recommendation, I will give it a shot. Oh, I seriously, people rave about both. I, I've never really gone on the lighter route or the IPA route when I've gone there, but I, I bet those are the two beers I've had. They're phenomenal. For, uh, for Christmas, I treated myself. I got the toppling Goliath. Uh, they're like $20 tall boy can of their stout. I can't, it's like a graham cracker oil, something. I can't remember it. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Oh yeah. Was that when we went in November? No, I, I got that after we went to toppling Goliath. Okay. Um, like I said, it, it was right around Christmas cause my father-in-law was in town. Uh, so luckily I split it with him cause there was no way I was going to dump out a $20 beer, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was a little too bitter, I think for my liking, which was kind of shocking to me because it was sold as like a graham cracker flavor. And I, I didn't get that at all. Oh no. <laughs> that's one of those rare things where it's rare times where there is either enough in, infused in there to kind of blend in with the hops or whatever you're sipping mm -hmm. on and just eh, that's an unfortunate circumstance well real quick i mean y'all got a nice little beer and alcohol dive into what we're sipping on and what we've been sipping on i'm gonna give people a quick preview of the show we did mention aw revolution at the top that's eight matches i think we can speed through them all but there is something to talk about there We've been doing a segment for the last six weeks, and it is Wrestling Twitter's Horrendous Takes. I have not been on as much this week. Nonetheless, here we go. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. All right. We have five this week. I, I, I love instant reactions. Ooh. These are always great. So 
as we know, AEW hit 1 million viewers last week on, on their shows. 840,000 this week, I believe. But last week when Brandon Thurston dropped the numbers, a Twitter user named Jenny Omega. We did it, Twitter. <laughs> All right. Uh, we did it, Twitter. Huh. I like AW too, but that was not a sense of accomplishment. Well, I, I don't get it. Well, like, <laughs> I, I did what? Jenny Omega. What are we talking about? You, you know, you need to. Speaking of like the cleaner, you need to clean up that email or that Twitter. <laughs> Come on, oh, that is accurate. All right, number two, we have a AEW slash TBS eight dash seven central logo. Where are the sky is falling doomsayers now? That's also hmm. in response to that same million user, or excuse me, million viewer dynamite last week. Who said the sky is falling? Who in? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Didn't it drop this week? Which I think this week's show was a far superior one to last week. But, I mean, that's... I am not a ratings guy. I, there's only one rating that I care about, and it's my household. That's the only one I care about if it's watching wrestling or not. But, you know, if, if, if you're going to have like two weeks ago, I think was a stinker dynamite. Yes. Last, I think last week was average. So, now, I mean, you have two shows like that in a row. I, I think you're going to see a dip because maybe people are going to be like, well, why am I going to tune in? They're, they seem to be on, you know, a downslope here. So, I wasn't shocked to see it go down. There was a big announcement. I think that's one thing that kind of played oh, into it. Oh, that was real bad. That was real bad. Mm-hmm. Something you I guys was, didn't dive into, but yeah. yeah, I was very disappointed. You you can't do that as an announcement. Come on, Tony. Come on, TK. It's basically BTE on national cable. Yeah. And you, I'll watch it. I'm a sucker for those kinds of things, but mm-hmm. you you can't hype a show with a major announcement and have that be the major announcement a third hour of wrestling uh no <laughs> exactly all right this is bar none the worst take of the week we do have two more after this but since this we're going in chronological order and i usually don't shout people out i usually just mm-hmm. leave them anonymous so jenny omega you're lucky we we announced you <laughs> all right so i am aware justin and i am also a recovering ringer holic i'm i'm away from the ringer oh okay i support cam hawkins i love him i read all of his articles he's been on my show before but uh. and i i support ben cruz i like ben benjamin 
Yes, exactly. There are people there that we support. I actually support Kaz as well. I, he and I follow each other on Twitter and super cordial, very nice guy, but just like that, some of the takes out there. This one hits home oh, wait the hardest. Wait a second. Is this stat guy, Greg? That is accurate. Oh, Jesus. This is I just sh- shut down the segment because this is going to be the stupidest tweet you ever read. <laughs> uh, maybe we down. Should... Y- you've reached the apex here, buddy. Gosh, you know what? We're going to save that for last. Okay. Okay. All right. So here we go. This was sort of in response to it. So somebody quote tweeted Stack Guy Greg. So this is not the horrible tweet, but the response is very bad. All right. So this gentleman said he's 40 in October, and that's referring to Kenny Omega. He's like, what's Shawn Michaels going to teach him? How to go cross-eyed and bald in church? <laughs> so that part was pretty good. I like that. That's good. I now, like that. the response, oh, here we go. No, but he might want to learn how to sell, learn psychology, and how to structure a match. Kenny Omega. I mean, I, I don't know what he's watching. I mean, basically, that that just screams, tell me you don't watch Kenny Omega matches without telling me you don't watch Kenny Omega matches. I mean, it's just absurd. Absurd. He's arguably off to the best start to a year that he's ever had. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, even if you go back to his AEW world title run, that was a really good run with a lot of great matches, including, I mean, you talk about like being able to t- tell a story in the ring. Now it ended with a wet fart, but that barbed wire exploding death oh. match uh, with Moxley was phenomenal. I have never seen Kyle Ross more deflated than when those explosions just kind of, you know, were sprinklers instead of explosions. Like he was devastated because all three of us freaking love that match. Kenny told the story about that on the sessions this week with Renee Paquette. Oh, really? Oh, I missed that part. I saw him talking about brawl out, but oh, I'm way more interested to see what he has to say about that. Yeah, I'll save it. Okay. It's definitely, it's definitely worth a listen to. That's for sure. So there was something that went into it and oh, it's just unfortunate Mm. circumstances because go back and listen to the revolution show from last year with these guys. It was very entertaining. (laughs) All right. Number four, this one's really bad as well. In 2023, this may be a crazy take, but I think Jay Lethal would make a phenomenal AEW world champion. No, nope, you're wrong, whoever you are. You are very wrong. Um, I don't even really want him sniffing the TNT championship. Uh, as I think we'll get into talking about the TNT match uh, at the pay-per-view and following up on Wednesday, they got a lot better options for that. They got a lot better options for the world title. Um I'm just fine with where Jay Lethal is at. He's a good hand. Uh, loved his match against Mark Briscoe on Jay Briscoe's birthday. Uh, that was incredible. But uh, Jay Lethal has no reason to be really in any title picture. We completely agree. He actually is in a title picture on Sunday. Only for a brief second. Yeah, and I'm mostly fine with that, although I'm sure we'll talk about that too. We will. There's a state of (laughs) shock. All right, so evidently I need to shut down the segment after this one. Stack guy, Greg, unpopular opinion. If Kenny Omega signs with the WWE, he must go through NXT. Same rules apply for the Young Bucks. They need to sit under the Shawn Michaels learning tree. Wow. It is staggering. How 
dumb of a take that is. I mean, it just screams bias towards WWE. I mean, like for one, number one, if they even were able to get Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in, they're paying a lot of money. That's going to cost them a lot. That's going to cost them damn near Cody Rhodes money. And you're not going to freaking waste them by putting them on NXT, especially the current version of NXT. You know, back in the day for the black black and uh, gold brand, you know, in that like 2015 to 2018 range, maybe. But no, I mean, not only not even talking about the money, but these guys built a competitor, a legit competitor to the other brand. And you're talking about they need to go to what is truly a developmental. You know, again, it's it's not the black and gold brand as it used to be. Um, I, I just, I mean, I actually, I, I was a big fan of their podcast for a long time and I finally gave up on it. I think two years ago, and it was mostly because of stat guide, Greg, and how just absurdly biased he was towards WWE. Um, and not even more so his bias towards WWE, but against AEW. it just, it never made any sense to me. No, and, and you guys have had that discussion. I know I've had this discussion a lot here on my podcast as well about just being unbiased and telling it how it is. Mm-hmm. What so this is something, and maybe if, I guess we'll maybe a decent segue into AEW Revolution. But Michael Jenkins and I just reviewed WWF No Way Out 1998, and the eight-man tag was fantastic. But the one thing that both of us noticed, and he pointed it out way ahead of me, was these guys were not waiting for spots. They weren't setting up 10, 20, 30 seconds. They were just boom, but done, boom, done. Just it looked so fluid, mm-hmm. just pure. It was awesome. And I mean, we were talking Steve Austin, Terry Funk, Mick Foley, Owen Hart on one side, Triple H, the Outlaws, and Savio Vega on the other. Oof, that's, it, that's a stacked match right there. It's arguably to me, and I'm, I'm going through WWF 1998. It's I think it's going to stand out to me as the most underrated match of that year. I got to go back and watch that. I, I don't really remember it. I, I had to have seen it, but uh, I don't really recollect it. I think it's the first time I've seen it. And I mean, we're talking, it was, it was a non-sanctioned match, weapons galore. So think ECW-ish. Was that, was that, was No Way Out still before WrestleMania then? This okay. was the it first was, No Way still Out. like around Feb. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Nice. No Way Out in Texas is what they called it. All right. Yeah, definitely well worth your viewing. But just we just couldn't believe how how everything looked so fluid and nothing looked horribly choreographed at all. Just the way wrestling was supposed to wrestling used to be. You know, I think I might use that as a segue uh, into this most recent dynamite, because I think like a lot of us, at least I can speak for Ryan and Kyle, we've all had some pretty major. Uh, and actually this is a nice segue for, you know, uh, stupid tweets of the week too. Uh, all three of us have had some pretty major, uh, ladder match fatigue, but I really enjoyed the ladder match this week. I thought it flowed really nicely and, and wasn't, I can't even put my finger on why this one worked so much better than previous ones. It just feels like a spot fest. And I say that, and I know that this one was still kind of a spot fest, 
but it also felt like uh, the spots were to uh, put a spotlight on like new guys like Commander, who was really cool. Uh, and, you know, it, it spotlighted once again how crazy and awesome Sammy Guevara is. And, you know, the hometown guy won, Will Hobbs, which I loved. And the the big stupid scuttlebutt coming out of it was that the rest were in there holding the ladder to make sure it didn't wobble and he fell, which I, I just, I can't believe people were complaining about that because we've seen it a million times, including, thank God, uh, Will Washington uh, posted the clip of John, one of John Cena's most famous moments when he had the F5 from the top of the ladder uh, from Edge. And what was down at the bottom of the ladder? A couple refs holding it, you know, solid. So I just, that entire conversation just was so dumb and irresponsible to try and try and turn that into an issue. Look at all the injuries that could have happened last. Yes. Time. Yes. Sammy Guevara, especially with the heat clipped his head on that ladder Ooh, man. on one oh, of those spots. I don't yeah. think it was Kanosuke Takeshita. I cannot remember for the It was Action Andretti. Yes. Uh, yeah. When they had the, the ladder sitting on the one that was under the brass ring and uh, onto the middle rope, right? That is correct. Yes. Oh, man. That was ugly looking. Yes. And AR Fox, poor guy as well. Oh, took Ooh, the shooting took star from Commander. Oh, that was my highlight. I freaking love that. That looked fantastic. Yes. And before that, he took an absolute brutal shot. I believe it was mm-hmm. from Kanosuke Takeshita as well. I think. I think so. That yeah. how he ended up on the ladder. And yeah. He, I was like, oh, this guy's ribs. Is he going to be okay? And then Commander does that. I'm like, well, internal bleeding is definitely taking place right now. <laughs> yeah. Even, you know, even going back to the start of the match where, you know, uh, is it was it Santana? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, Ortiz. Ortiz. Thank you. Uh, Ortiz just went right after Eddie because Eddie had given a, a, a promo, which, you know, this is one of the critiques I would give AEW. Show this promo on television. Don't just post it online. But it was a promo where he said, like, I'm not claiming no stupid ladder. I don't give a crap about that. I just want to fight uh, Ortiz. And they just brawled to the back, and that was it. They were done with the match. I freaking love that, too. That was a nice little touch. From a ladder match perspective, Eddie Kingston looks that wrestling, and he doesn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Not his I don't like that kind of wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, I had heard it a couple of days prior 
is he was a part of the the uh, the New Japan conference, the press conference before he wrestled Jay White, which that match is great as well. Mm-hmm. Jay White, that's another topic of conversation for another day. Where in the world he's going to go? But and now you have Eddie. I don't know if you've seen the promo today from him. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's in parentheses out of AEW, which we know where he's headed. Yes, uh, it's already been filmed. Everybody, oh, settle yes. down. <laughs> I, I, get a, I love that direction too. Mm-hmm. There's a main event, I think, in his future. Yeah, yeah, um, and also the eventual direction for uh, Samoa Joe with Mark Briscoe, I think, is very enticing. It really is, and Mark Briscoe is a very good professional wrestler. I'm wondering. And this is a, I don't know. I'll get, I'll ask you for this take as well with, with him. And just because his brother passed away, it was about a month ago. It was maybe three, four weeks, maybe even yeah, five weeks, month ago, month, month and a half ago. is oh, mid January. Yeah. My gosh. Are they uh, giving or would giving him a title? I mean, is this their way of giving him appreciation or just, I don't, how, how would we interpret I, this? I, I mean, I think above all else, the argument could be made that, yeah, it's, it's because he lost his brother, but more than that, he's a beloved ring of honor guy. You know, he's a Mount Rushmore ring of honor guy. If you just want to put the Briscoes in there uh, and he's earned it more than anything. And I, I originally thought the direction would have been Mark Briscoe and Claudio that super card of honor. But, you know, maybe they can do that down the road. I would certainly pay money to see Mark Briscoe versus Eddie Kingston for the Ring of Honor world title. (laughs) By by the expression on your face, it looks like you would, too. The promos. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. The promos. I've really been getting into Mark Briscoe's work. Yeah, same here. I was, you know, I was more of a a Jay guy. There was just something about Jay that, uh, boy, he, he just leapt out of the television especially his promos but uh mark's damn good too man mark is damn good he has a little bit of a goofy personality mm-hmm. yes, but it, yes, it yes, also yes. but it mixes in really well with that tough guy persona that he and his brother have yep absolutely 100 percent agree gosh just the physicality of a match with samoa joe too yeah i'm i'm for it i will definitely be tuning into that show he's back what a what a last six months to a year he's had to, Joe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know that was a complaint I saw online. Uh, once again, talking about the direction of this this pay per view. When you think of the TNT titles and the tag team championships, uh, it feels like a lot of belt hopping a little bit. But I didn't mind it with the TNT because. Darby's an overdude. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, they just did that because they were going to be in Seattle and get the hometown pop. It's like, well, yeah, but also they were dope matches and, you know, Darby's a stud and one of the stars of the company. And if anything, it, it made Joe look more, more like a badass. And Darby defended it every week. Yeah. And, the, you know, and that's the thing that was going to be my argument for why I don't mind the TNT title kind of getting passed around more often than it seems like a lot of the other titles do mm-hmm. it's because it's defended all the time it's it's getting defended at least like once every two weeks whereas you know the world title that's defended once a month maybe if yeah so mm-hmm. yeah i don't mind that at all 
Um, now, as far as what they're doing with the tag team division, that that uh, is a little bit more concerning to me. Ooh, I know. And I actually, again, one more thing before we finally dive into the card. The All-Atlantic Championship. There was a time there where I said, this is starting to get elevated to the number two spot in the promotion. And ironically, Wardlow was the one that was holding the TNT title at the time. It's because his lack of defenses yeah. really didn't do him any favors. Yeah, it, that it felt a little directionless for what seemed like a no brainer direction for him. You just make him be a Goldberg like ass kicker who comes out every week and kicks ass. But I don't know. It didn't, didn't feel like that's what they were doing with him, but I'm really enjoying orange Cassidy's run with it. He's having a lot. Yeah. He's having a lot of really good matches. Even last night with, with big bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed Morrissey. that match. Mm-hmm. He, boy, he is just ripped right now. Isn't he? Seven I'm, foot I'm, tall. I don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, but I'm actually kind of shocked they're not doing more with him. I would assume it's just they're letting him get his feet wet in the promotion, making sure, you know, any issues he might have had in the past are, you know, really in the past. And uh, definitely I could see a, a bright future for him. Seriously. I mean, ever, ever since he got clean, just mm-hmm. he's shred probably 15, 20 pounds and gain five of the back with just all muscle. It's just, yeah. it's incredible to see the transformation the guys made. That's for sure. So AEW revolution, here we go. Eight matches on this card. We're going to skip around. Actually, let's start here at the top of the singles match. And that would be Chris Jericho going against absolute Ricky Starks with JAS band from ringside. You look a little nervous, Justin. Um, not nervous, a little deflated. I am a big Ricky Starks fan, and it just feels like for the past year, whatever feud Chris Jericho's in, it kind of sucks the air out of the room. And I feel like he's done that again with Ricky Starks. And I've liked a lot of what Chris Jericho has done in the past year, especially when he did all the Lionheart stuff. I thought it was really good. The uh, His matches with Moxley and Brian were all, were all good, but... When it comes to you know how he puts over these younger guys, it usually ends up with him getting the win. And that's got me a little nervous about this match uh, because Ricky Starks has already beaten him twice now, I think, once in singles and once in a tag team match. That is correct, yes. Uh, but yeah, this whole story has felt a little flat to me. I did like when Ricky tricked him into you know signing the contract and with Jericho you know doing the almost you know you just made the list pin click uh was a nice touch but that's been about the only thing I've liked about this feud I'm also not a big action and dready guy yet it's hard to be because he hasn't really displayed a personality he's just yes. been all flash in the in the ring yeah like I, I I prefer for like my high flyers I prefer top flight or you know Phoenix or even, I don't know, I got to see more of this commander, too. I'm really impressed by him. Yeah, there is one other guy out there I'm hoping gets on AEW television soon. He's the arguably the top Lucha performer in, in Mexico right now. And he's uh, wrestled, I believe he's wrestled Viking. Kenny Omega, but that is correct. Yeah. El Hijo del Vikingo. Oh, man. I would love to see that. Yes. So hopefully he gets on TV sometime this summer. Well, so I go ahead. Know, who, who do you got in this match? Like are, oh. rooting interest who you think is going to win rooting interest. Ricky Starks all day. I okay. mean, th- this is a Ricky Starks podcast. We've been clamoring oh. for him. We've been clamoring for him to be some sort of champion. 
I, I could, I even, I didn't call my shot saying he would be champion by the end of 2023, but it really wouldn't surprise me. I think if he were to get a one year later match with MJF, if MJF supposedly holds it this long. I think I, I boy, I think I might've mentioned it on our pod. I was not heartbroken by his loss at winter is coming because I could easily see a rematch one year later where he does win the title to your point that he could end up being world champ at the end of this year. It's possible. It's all going to p- depend on the direction. There's like mm-hmm. so many directionless, not directionless, but there's so many guys you could give a direction. Yes. It's just a matter of pulling the trigger. Something that Kyle has said multiple times. It's like, just don't be afraid to push four guys. Well, and to that point, it would be really bad to have Ricky Starks here lose, right? Especially with Jericho Appreciation Society banned from ringside. That'd be a real bad look for our guy. Absolute. It really would. And even look back because MJF won the first three matches against Jericho, but Jericho won the fourth and final singles match. Mm -hmm. Yet Kingston win at Revolution a year ago in a fantastic opener. The Jericho gets his win back in the summer. Oh, in that uh, it was a barbed wire match at the Mm -hmm. end of Dynamite as well. And the only reason that they went that direction was Moxley needed a challenger at Quake by the Lake, and they did not want to pull the trigger on Kingston. They went with Jericho instead. I don't get it. No, I don't either. So it is a little bit scary to think about the proposition. I'm hoping Tony Khan's learned his lesson here. If he hasn't, there's going to be some backlash, that's for sure, because Ricky Starks is a guy that should be ascending. No questions asked. Real real quick, how do you feel about his spear? Oh, that's a difficult question in terms of form, impact, all of the above. All of the above. All of the above. It looks pretty. I will definitely say that. But I think when it comes to a spear as well, it who you're spearing, who's selling on the other mm-hmm. end okay, makes yeah, a that's huge true. difference. That's true. So I think in terms of spears today, I wouldn't put him at the top. I, I think he's he's okay. He yeah. He I think the problem. Well, it's better when bigger guys do it. His looks a little too manicured, a little too perfect. Um, so I, I kind of hope he finds something else to really solidify as a finisher. But he's got know, the Rochambeau. I like that one. I do like that one a lot. Hopefully he sticks with that one. I, the one that sticks out of my mind is Ricky Stark spearing MJF right after that phenomenal interview. That's the best spear he's had. Agree. Yep. Sold it like an absolute champ. Let's go to the trios. World World Championship match, and I'm going to ask you this question as well. Usually, most pay per views have a story that's being told with it. This was super short lived, is maybe a couple of weeks with like a couple of House of Black flashes, and that's all we've had. Are you okay? Because we know we're what we're going to get on on television. Just having this eh, mediocre to very light build. For me, the trios titles are more about the matches. I don't, I don't need a lot of storyline, especially if it's house of black, I don't need to get into, you know, all the voodoo hoodoo stuff. Um, even the short segment this week felt a little much with the the lights going out and the, the sound effects of everybody getting beaten up. Uh, so I'm, I'm fine with it. My big question with this one is, uh, who will win this match? which leads me to kind of my other, my big overarching uh, feeling about this pay-per-view is it feels like we have finally gotten most of the stench of brawl out 
off of AEW. Like I am, like I said at the very beginning, I'm very excited for this pay-per-view. Uh, it feels like they finally got everything in line, you know, where Tony wants to be going with all these titles and all these feuds. But having said that, like, as far as the winner of this match goes, I think that depends on if Punk's actually going to come back or not. Because for number one, is House of, if House of Black loses, where do you go with them from here? I, I think that's a really bad look for them. You know, they already had their hiatus and, you know, what, late summer, early fall. Uh, they were kind of floundering. So I think that would be a bad look. But if there's any chance of an elite versus punk and FTR, who, buddy? That, you know, it, and not, having even said that, I don't even need the trios titles. That, that would do a lot don't. for them. Yeah, that would do a lot for the titles. But um, who, boy, that, that, would, that would sell out a pretty big arena. Easy story to tell, too. Mm, yeah <laughs> i would say so six um, months removed by the way on sunday from the brawl out and boy if i remember doing the math right i don't even know if punk would have would be ready medically by double or nothing but man that would be nice if he was because if i remember cor- correctly it was going to be like a 10 month kind of ordeal with him being out i could be wrong i'm not a doctor I'd have to look at a full medical report because I, I could tell like if he injured all three parts of his tricep, if it was a complete tear or if it was a couple of the three, the, the Brocky, which is on top here on the bottom here. So, yeah, I mean, it, it all depends because I mean, larger muscles, Cody healed from that and he was back in six months. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think tricep injuries, it, unless the tear was completely off the bone on all three of the muscles, I think six months is about the appropriate time. He should be getting close to coming back. Well, so I guess to my point, if the elite win this, I think that's a very good sign for anybody who's desperate to see Punk come back. There's nowhere else to go in the trios division. Yeah, yeah. Lucha Bros and Pack are Pack's been gone since the, the January 11th closer, and Lucha Bros twice failed to make this tag team four way here on Sunday, which I still doesn't make any sense to me at all. Which is a brilliant, actually. So you are going to go with the Elite, or are you going with the House of Black here? I'm going to go with the House of Black because yeah. I think uh, I, I think they are in desperate need of it. Um, not only the titles, but a big win. And like I said, even if it punk is coming back, if FTR is coming back, you don't need to put the trios title for that to sell money. For Buddy Matthews. Tickets. No, that's hundred percent true. Buddy Matthews was rumored to be for whatever reason, going back to the WWE oh, a, a, few, a few months ago. It hasn't. I, I think the steam has gone away from that now. So because when Malachi took that hiatus after after all out as well, there was like, eh, maybe he's looking to go back as well. I think with the three of them being cemented now, and this is a humongous program, they, they need something to put them over the top to make them look like a very credible act. And I, I think that is the way to go, House of Black. Because then you can either, like you said, go the three-on-three route, or you can move the Young Bucks back into the tag team division. Which can you make it back to singles? Which is needed. And... Let's roll there too. Is this going to be the first 
face-off between Kenny Omega and Buddy Matthews? Because I know there for a while, this was kind of a, like a, a, a semi-dream match for a lot of people. Because um, Buddy Matthews was kind of the knockoff Kenny Omega. But I can't remember if this is actually going to be the first time they face off or not. I believe that it is. Ooh. So I, I, I guarantee sometime in this match, the ring's going to clear and we're going to see those two stand in the middle of it. Even though the, the bigger face off uh, star wise is Omega and black. I'd be okay with all of those, but you're right. <laughs> you're right. But buddy, all of a sudden he's been eating something recently. I don't know what his deal is. I, I don't know if eating steroids gets you big, but <laughs> <laughs> it helps. <laughs> it definitely helps. He has been hit. I, I the think there's, room. I think there's better ways of ingesting that. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, something safe and you got to learn, you got to learn from your ancestors, buddy. Be careful. Just be careful. So we're both going to go house of black here. All right. Just because there, there's way more directions for the young bucks and Kenny. We're, we're two for two agreeing here. Hopefully that changes soon. I, I think it will. So let's move to the next singles match that does not have a championship behind it. Christian cage and jungle boy. Um, loved Christian cages promo. This most it was recent fantastic. Dynamite. I just watched right before you, you climbed on with me. I, I think on any other dynamite where you didn't have uh, Brian and Moxley given all time promos, it would have been even more talked about. Uh, unfortunately, it might get a little lost in the shuffle. I didn't even mind Jungle Boy's uh, 1994-ish Undertaker <laughs> little promo thing that they did. Uh, it was nice to kind of recap the feud to remind everybody because Christian Cage been, has been gone for a while. I was really big on Jungle Boy at the start of AW, and it's fallen off a little bit for me. And I really want to see Christian Cage win this. Here's an excellent question as well, because we, we mentioned Ricky Starks at the top. Does it matter that if let's say Jungle Boys does take a loss here, and people have been forecasting him to be a 2023, maybe a TNT champion towards the end of the year, does it does it hurt his ascension into the title chase? He obviously he's going to have to get revenge against Christian Cage, and will either win the rematch or if they have a third, he'll he'll win them both because he's the one that has to go over here. Is would it would a loss in the initial stage hurt him in that title picture? I don't think so. Um, it's it. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but because they've this feud and this build to this feud has been like a year and a half in the making and i still feel like it has legs and a lot of times to keep carrying this kind of feud the heels got to win this match because otherwise it's just over and frankly i'm not ready for jack perry to step into a tnt title pitcher or the world title pitcher I, he's not there yet i think he showed that with his promos last year he's just not ready yet uh, his in-ring work is fantastic, but I think he could use some more seasoning. Um, and I would let this feud carry on for a while. So I would go Christian. Swerve Strickland said it best on the Corner Podcast last fall. He said that when a baby face wins the opening match, the story is essentially over. Yep. The heel has to, in most cases, win in order for a story to advance. And I'm pretty sure this is a no holds barred. So there's easy ways to do shenanigans with Christian winning. That is true. I, I want to go opposite here just because <laughs> I do. And the biggest reason is because they're 
I, I feel that I think it's going to be Starks and Jungle Boy are the ones that are being painted to be these next echelon of stars towards the top of the card. Yet your logic makes too much sense here. This is Christian Cage's first match back in, oh my gosh, six months, maybe seven months. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Also, which I think also a tricep injury, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And so, it's not like you don't, you know, he's getting up there in age. I, you know, you're not going to have a whole lot of time to get your money's worth out of Christian Cage. So I, I would I, I would get him the the win. Keep it going. I think we're going to go three for three on matching this. You've you've definitely twisted nice. my arm enough. That is for sure. Because <laughs> again, it there it has been an over over a year story, but there is a lot more that can be told. And I don't know where Christian would go if he were to lose on Sunday. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's probably a few months away yet, but boy, I keep seeing a lot of uh, Sexton Hardcastle rumors to AEW. And I know that's a big dream match of FTRs because I, I very much want to see them come back. I I don't think they're a very great fit for WWE, but honestly, and I don't think Edge is really a great fit for AEW, having said that, but it'd still be interesting to see him in that company. I think he would, because he's approaching 50, probably wrestle a year. Yeah. He'd have to be involved with Christian in some way. Mm-hmm. So they could ultimately he could maybe serve as his manager for a month or two before he finally steps foot in the ring and somebody has to pull him into the ring. And you, you have, you have the right two guys to, to, to pull him in the ring. That's for sure. All right. Women's championship match. There's a little bit contra, a lot of controversy going here. Jamie Hayter will be facing off in a triple threat match versus Ruby Soho and Soraya. My question is, and this is also going to allude to the fourth or to the four way tag match. Are you kind of lukewarm on the triple threats and the four ways for championships? When it's these competitors, yeah. Or I should say, when it's these challengers, yes. I, the Soraya AEW experience has been a bit of a dud. Um, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for her, you know, as just a person considering a lot of the stuff she's gone through in the past. I, I, I want her to be okay. I have not enjoyed her, her on-screen stuff. Uh, I believe this is Ruby Soho's, is it her third chance at the title? She lost to Britt Baker. Yeah. She lost, I believe, a TNT championship match. Has she wrestled Jade Cargo? I believe she she wrestled her in the final. And isn't Was she the one who lost to Britt in the Owen tournament? Yes, that was shocking. I was convinced Ruby was going to win that. So, boy, you know, <laughs> coming into this, I was, this is going to be Jamie Hayter, but holy shit, if Ruby Soho doesn't win this, I mean, you know, we were kind of talking about House of Black being in trouble if they don't win their match. I don't know what you do with Ruby after this. I guess you could maybe use it for a heel turn or something, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I that's a lot of opportunities for a baby face and to keep failing because having said all that, I, j- I just don't see them taking off the title off of Hater. I mean, she's just too beloved right now. She's you know too hot of a ticket. You absolutely cannot take that title off of her right now. It's been where well, we're approaching not even four months yet. We're about three and a half months in. 
Crowd responses are huge. We can still delay this Britt Baker, Jamie Hader story a little bit longer. There was there was a tease of that, and I th- I thought it was going to blow off a Grand Slam, and then two seconds later, here comes Soraya. So she's she's kind of injected herself into some plans indirectly here. Yeah, and it, you know I think the payoff with Hader as champion is either going to be the Britt Baker match down the road with the turn, or even uh, Mercedes Monet. I think that's the match everybody would be looking forward to. This this isn't the place to do it. Um, it's interesting they point out that it's a three-way match. I think that does dull some of the excitement. It feels like Sarai is in there just because they're probably paying her, you know, a decent chunk of change. Uh, so yeah, this this might be my my the match I'm least excited for. I think it's number two for me. And I am going to go Jamie Hader here. You, you, yeah, you got to, you got to keep continue to strike while the iron's hot yeah. with her. She's just their overall presentation. I enjoy it. And you, they would be printing Monet if they were to do that at, at mm-hmm. Forbidden Door. Oh boy. Oh, that'd be so good. All right. Let's go into the elephant in the room match here with the gun clubbed, the acclaimed Dan Howes and Orange Cassidy. And then our favorite tag team going, Justin Jay Lethal. And Jeff Jarrett, are you hoping that your son isn't feeling well again and you have to miss this match? Oh, man. Um, boy, this yeah, would be nice if when bedtime's rolling around, if this is the match. This tag team division, man. Number one, I, I you asked me about triple threats and four ways. I am definitely sick of it when it comes to these pay-per-view tag team matches. Like, j- just fuck... Excuse me. Sorry. I don't know if I can swear. You can absolutely do okay. so. You've had alcohol. I've had THC. Let's just, <laughs> let's just let it flow. Just fucking do the guns and acclaimed again. I don't know why the other two teams are there. Just do that. Build that match. That one's got a backstory to it, uh, which makes me think that they're not doing that because they've got somebody that they want to take the titles from the guns down the road. And you don't want the acclaimed losing to, you know, the guns in just a solo match, which I don't taking the titles off the acclaimed. What are they doing, Jesse? It's the worst decision from a championship perspective that Tony Khan's made maybe ever. I'd have to think about that. I might, I might agree with that. It just doesn't make any sense. Arguably your hottest homegrown superstars and you know i the guns are fine but not to me they're not ready for tag team championship yet they're they're fine as like a a mid-card heel tag team but it just felt like they're they're transitional champions and i don't don't i don't know if that is for ftr or sting and darby or christian and section hardcastle Uh, but I don't know why you need a transitional champion at all. You had a fucking hot tag team in the acclaimed. Why mess with that? I, so I, you know, I, I, I guess I, my heart want to say, says the acclaimed, but the fact that it's a four way makes me think that the guns are going to retain. And it's so easy because I, I think a blind man could see that Dan Housen is going to take the pin here there. I mean, there really isn't Orange Cassidy. There's no way he's getting pinned in this match. And, Jeff, and by the way, as far as 
the teams involved. I'm not offended because I saw this online. Everybody was offended that Dan Housen's in this match. I'm not offended by Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen being in here. Okay. I mean, that, I mean, it's a it's a mid Carter tag team match. It it really is. It's I can't believe, like you said, I've, I've said this so many times though. When they when they created the trios division, it just wiped out. It just yeah. diluted your tag team division. Yep. Oh, you, damn near killed it. You can't have them both. It's one or the other at certain that's, times. That's why you needed to keep the titles on the hot team, the acclaimed, because that was the only thing keeping this tag team boat afloat. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, now it's starting to feel like the least important title in the company. With the gun club holding it, absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, we can't we walked out of full gear with MJF, Jamie Hader, and the acclaimed as champions. And I would argue that the earliest taking the titles off any one of those three would be double or nothing. That's a six month reign that they all should at least have because of just how much of a crowd response all of them are mm-hmm. getting. Yep. So I, I am going to, let's go with the acclaimed as a two-time tag team champion. I like I, it. I think it's going to happen. And I, my, my rationale behind this as well is I don't think FTR is going to tr- chase those championships right away. I think they're going to be too embroiled spoiler alert with a certain chick magnet going against a young buck Kenny Omega trio. Okay. I'm glad we're finally picking different winners, but, but can I make the counter argument again? Kind of like I already have. I like it. Yes. If you're going to give the acclaim, the big win back, that was apparently all you ever wanted was you have the hot tag team and you want them to have to be another big pay-per-view. Did they win the tag titles at full gear? They won them at grand slam. Okay. Or, Yes, Grand Slam. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. So you, basically, that means they just wanted them to get the big tag team title win on a pay-per-view. Yes. But wouldn't you want to just do that on a like a acclaimed versus the guns? Like, what do the other teams add to that? Wouldn't it feel more special if it was just, you know, two on two? That That's my counter argument. I, again, you're making a, a tremendous point. We have to go contrarian just once. <laughs> I know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you swayed <laughs> me on Christian and Jungle Boy, and it, it does make total sense there. And you wouldn't be dropping the ball here because nobody from the acclaimed would be getting pinned. I mean, that's also a, a great point. Mm-hmm. Again, I think they're using either Jay Lethal or, uh, or Dan Housen to take this pin. I, I can't see Jeff Jarrett laying down. Just doesn't happen. <laughs> he should. Yes, he, he most certainly should. But uh, you got you got Jeff or uh, Jeff's not in a, in a in a great headspace right now either with the passing of his father. So mm-hmm. my my assumption is that's probably one of the bigger reasons why he's in this in this tag team title match just to yeah. give, give him a favor. So, yeah, I'm going to go the acclaimed. Your logic definitely makes sense, though. And let's move on to we only have three matches left. Look at this. Doing good. TNT championship match. Samoa Joe and Wardlow. I am fascinated by the outcome of this match. You know, that's one of the, you know, you and me talking out this card. You know, there is a lot of directions they can go with in a lot of these matches. And boy, this is up there for me as far as being intrigued. Because the person who I want to be holding the TNT championship is Powerhouse Hobbs next Wednesday. And I think if you're going to do that, you want Samoa Joe to win. Although I actually, you know, I got to ask you, this is awful of me. What is powerhouse Hobbs right now? Is he a heel or a baby face? Is he, he's a heel, right? 
Well, there is a caveat. Yes, he's a heel. How many heels do you know get booed in their hometown? Mm. San Francisco's his hometown. Mm-hmm. So that's a, the crowd win nuts for his revolution for his yeah rev, uh, revolution ladder match win last night because he was he was home. They'll be in Sacramento okay. on Wednesday as well. So home home state not not too far away. Yeah. So that I mean that's the person who I want to see the title on, and I guess you know if he is truly a baby face, and I don't know what kind of reaction reaction he's going to get in Sacramento. I know that's pretty close to uh, San Francisco, but. I guess the dynamic would mean Wardlow, but boy, Wardlow is just stuck in a bad place right now. I mean, like if, if they're truly going to go with Wardlow, you got to have him win here. And then he has to be powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, kind of like, kind of like Jack Perry. I, I Wardlow's another one I'm lukewarm on right now. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about this one, man. Talk to me. I like the direction that they gave him when he came back with the cutting of his ponytail. Agree. That's a decent story. Yeah. Cause it was in that his long hair was in honor of his father and Samoa Joe cut that. So that would be an obviously really bad luck if he didn't get the win back after Joe did that. No. And, and it really would. I think in order for Joe to retain, he's going to have to cheat here in yeah. one way, shape or form. Yeah. I I'm forecasting powerhouse house Hobbs winning that TNT championship on Wednesday. I I, I do believe that he's going to, he's in his again, backyard and ish backyard ish. And then I recall you a few months ago saying this aloud that you had read somewhere that somebody was due for a humongous push in November. And that certain gentleman was powerhouse Hobbs. Mm, I I love him. I'm, Boy, I almost want to say I like Powerhouse Hobbs more than Ricky Starks. I mean, if you're going to push somebody to the moon, I think I'd rather see Hobbs as that guy. And, you know, we didn't we just see this triple threat not too long ago? Full gear. Yeah. And it felt like Hobbs was by far the, the third wheel in that match. Um, so, boy, more than either of these two, he really needs that win. I think I'm talking myself into Wardlow. Because he needs to get that victory over Joe. He's the baby face. He can go on to face the heel, powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, boy, that's a bad look for Wardlow, losing the title mm-hmm. that quickly. But it is the TNT title. It gets passed around a lot. So I, I'll, I'm going to go Wardlow with winning this match. And then powerhouse Hobbs taking it on Wednesday. Joe softened him up so much that Hobbs just took advantage of it. I, ooh, yeah, I like that. That's the TNT title rationale when somebody's defending it yeah. so much. Absolutely. Hobbs had an extra handful of days to mend from the ladder match and Wardlow had a few days. And here we are back in California. So why would you like, in your opinion, why do you prefer powerhouse Hobbs to Ricky Starks? Well, like Big E says, I, I am pro big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> he, he stands out on the show. Uh, you know, just for the same reason I like Big Bill, um, I, I love myself, you know, just a good technical professional wrestling match, but I also need the big guys, the big destroyers mixed in. And he's one of those guys. He doesn't have Ricky's charisma. Um, I do still feel like Ricky is a little bit of a rock cosplay, not as much as Montez Ford. Uh but 
I don't know. There's just something about powerhouse Hobbs that there's, there's, there's more that I haven't seen that I think is there from him compared to Ricky. And also I'm, I'm pretty low on Ricky's spear as mentioned earlier. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Maybe Tony Khan sees through that. I have no idea. Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. I mean, there aren't, there aren't many guys like him. Yeah. At all. Ricky Starks from a body perspective is fits right in line with at least half the roster. Yeah, exactly. That's you worded it much better than I did. (laughs) Yeah. I, for me, and I think it's just because of the, of the promo ability I've and the charisma. I like Ricky Starks a little bit more. But I, but I could be swayed in the fact if I could see more character development from Powerhouse Hobbs too. And I know these they had these Book of Hobbs promos going on on Rampages, which I didn't see mm, any of the YouTube them. clips. Yeah. So I know they're like 90-second vignettes of how his life was in San Francisco and he turned to the streets and how he was turning himself around apparently or something along those lines. But... I think that's what they were doing in the meantime after he had gotten his uh, his win over Starks at All Out. A lot of those vignettes, but I am going to go with Samoa Joe to retain. All right, we disagree. Once again, I almost feel like I should change the other one back to the gun club just because we disagree. <laughs> but I, I see Hobbs winning the championship on Wednesday. And as for Wardlow, I, I, see, I don't see Samoa Joe winning clean here, so there is a way for... Wardlow to be escalated because if if we follow MJF's list, Wardlow is the next one on it. And I do like that as a a big time main event match, letting MJF get his win back from Wardlow. Although once again, ugh, oh boy, bad look. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but <laughs> MJF cheats a lot. He just nobody does it better, at least in AEW. All right. I don't know how you feel because you are definitely a sweat guy. This is going to be a blood-filled mm. match. You won't see as much sweat as you will blood. John Moxley and Hangman Page in the Texas Death Match. I, you know, I think like a lot of people, I think Moxley's been overdoing it with the blood. Uh, I especially thought that at the end of last week's Dynamite against Evil Uno. I was like, really? Just like at the very end of the show, you're going to get a bunch of color? But but that led in like he did that promo immediately afterwards uh, that they aired at the beginning of the most recent dynamite, which made it all worth it. Um, This was easily before Danielson's promo this past week. This was easily the match I was most looking forward to. This has done more. This feud has done more for hangman page as a top level guy than his entire run as world champ. And I even put his two matches against Danielson in that too. Um, he just looks like a top star. And that part of the reason is because he, he beat the guy that they have been treating as the top star. And they've done it in a really great way. You know, like Moxley Bake barely surviving and getting a win. And then that visual of like, Page was the one still standing, you know, that, that was such a great visual for hangman. I think some of the stuff with dark order and, uh, Blackpool combat club has gotten a little convoluted. It's gotten a little messy as far as this feud goes, but it hasn't ruined it, man. That Moxley promo on dynamite. 
man, that was so good. Hangman's wasn't as good. It was fine. <sighs> you got to stand up to John Moxley when it comes to promos. That's that's not easy to do. Yeah. I think the only guy that can go toe to toe with him. There's two which are, actually Kingston which I and MJF. Which I think Hangman is is, is a lot better live. The for some reason he's I think he's a lot better live promos than he is on these backstage ones that he does or wherever the hell he was uh, outside or underneath a bridge or something. Um, I'm torn on this one, man. I'm really torn on this one because I think in uh, we've already seen MJF and Moxley. So if if you need a challenger for the next few months coming out of this pay per view for MJF, if he's going to be the one to retain. You have Hangman right there as a made man because of his feud with Moxley. Oh, I don't you know what. I want to hear you first. I will definitely go first on All this right. one. The tie with Hangman and MJF started at the very first pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, back in 2019, when they were the last two in the Casino Battle Royale to open up the proceedings of that pay-per-view. It was the pre-show. So, yeah, they definitely have a history together. Mm-hmm. It's two to one in the series with Moxley. I think Hangman's going to win this, and he's going to win this in just gritty fashion. Like some something major league is going to happen that's going to finally put Moxley on the shelf because he's been so overdue. And he's this finally going to get his vacation. <laughs> yeah, he is so due. Mm-hmm. And if you want to bring him back, what better way to do it than in his backyard in Las Vegas in two mm. and a half months? So let him. Let him sit at home with the baby and Renee can be the one that's on TV more interviewing folks. Have, have you liked Renee's introduction to the, to the broadcast? Yeah. Yeah. It's been fine. Uh, I don't, it hasn't been anything groundbreaking, but I don't find it offensive or bad. So <laughs> it works. Yeah. She's just very good at her job. Like mm-hmm. professional, I guess would definitely be the word I'm going hangman. So it'll be, it'll be a two, two split and they're going to have to have a match somewhere down the road. It's just going to be a while. Oh, you definitely sold me with that. Yeah, I needed to hear that. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go Hangman, too. You know what else I've liked about this feud? It is such a small thing, but I just really appreciate it. A small touch is whenever they're talking about this match, they just say Texas death. They don't say Texas death match. We're not, we're not in a Texas death. This is going to be Texas death. I don't know why I just get such a kick out of that. It just, it, it, it sounds so sinister, you know? That's a feather in the cap of Hangman, by the way, to beat John Moxley twice. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny's done it twice with cheating both times. MJF did it, he cheated. I think CM Punk's the only person to beat Moxley clean. That sounds right. Outside of Hangman, who did beat him clean the first time. Do you? I'm curious. Do you agree with me that this feud is kind of built up? Hangman is is a big superstar, even more so than his world champion. He's long. He's long. Yes, and I'll give you the reason why. It, and it's easy. He was so overshadowed by MJF yeah. and Punk, as well as Moxley and yeah. Danielson. Yep. 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 That's 100 percent correct. He played third fiddle to them with Adam Cole in the main event. I mean which has kind of painted him in not only myself, but a handful of people, others eyes that are just, yeah. Cole's taking a couple steps back, even though, I mean, he just came back from injury. He's like, he's in line for a major push here. He's, I think he's wrestling mm-hmm. for the first time Wednesday night next week. Oh yeah. I think you're right. In a week or two. I know he's due and that's when they debut the series, but so we'll see if they're repackaging the him, but yeah, it, it's time. I mean, 
Hangman's going to get a second AEW world title run. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, were you the one who's talking about how Bret Hart's run in 92, like his first one, we beat Ric Flair in the fall. It's very similar to what Hangman's kind of experienced. Yeah. And I, then a second time. It's just kind of a lukewarm. I keep saying that word. I apologize. Or that phrase. Uh, it's just one of those things where they're not truly established as a world champion. They don't feel like a world champion. Uh, they they really tried with, with the Danielson matches with Hangman, but now he does. Now he feels like a top main eventer. Yeah, something was definitely missing. The money for him and the money in a lot of cases is always in the chase. Yeah. And that's why what's what made his win so thrilling. But it was what happened after. It's just like, ooh, hmm. Your matches are very good. I think they're they're excellent. But you were overshadowed by things that were bigger. Yep. Yeah. None of it was his fault. I don't think Tony did a good enough job of presenting him as world champion. And as you already pointed out, there was other things going on in the company that overshadowed him. He was barely cutting any promos as world champion. Yeah. So weird. Punk and MJF every week going back and forth. We were loving it, but where was Hangman? Yep. As this most recent Dynamite showed, there, there's room for multiple great promos on a show which segues brilliantly into the main event mjf brian danielson one hour iron man match have you enjoyed any iron man matches in your past just enjoy you know uh my co-host of top rope nation kyle ross is not a fan of iron man matches i am almost always a fan of iron man matches done correctly i am pro and, you know, I was a little worried about this one, but goddamn, if Brian Danielson didn't sell it this past week, you know, it, it seemed like the story was all MJF was trying to do was get into Brian's head. You know, one week he's given this promo of framing a woman who's given him roadhead, roadhead into, you know, she's the drive, the drunken driver. We'll call her Liv. Liv. Thank you. And then what two weeks later it's he wants to have a family and it's just like it, it none of it is really connecting it's all just him trying to get into brian danielson's head and danielson just connected it all so fucking well in this promo from this past week talking about everything he's had to overcome you know talking about fighting for your dreams it was all about fighting and that he left a lifetime of guaranteed money to come to AEW because he wanted to fight. And my favorite part was, I actually, I'm sorry, I had two. My first favorite part was, you know, he says, now he has a new dream. And this is what this feud needed was this exact part. He says he has a new dream and that's to become AEW champion. And that to me is what this feud has been missing up until this past week is that it does? It didn't feel like it was about the world championship. Correct. MJF, I had kind of been trying to sell it, that it was about that, but I hadn't been getting that from Danielson. We finally got that from Danielson. And man, those last couple of lines from Danielson, you know, where he's talking about it, like if Max doesn't come to fight for 60 minutes, he's going to get his fucking ass beat. And I'll tell you what, even right before he delivered that F-bomb, Honest to God, I thought, like, 
you know what this promo needs? He needs to drop an F bomb. Oh. And then, and then he fucking did it. And I was logging into Bleacher Report, getting that fucking pre-order in. Cause beautiful. I, I'm ready for this match, man. It, it was all Moxley page before this most recent dynamite. And now, now it's this match for me. Yeah. Brian Danison over the course of his two decades, his fucking kicked heads in. Go ahead, Justin. I was just in, in, in I'm putting over Danielson here, but the way that once Brian sold, you know, dropped that F bomb, the way that MJF sold that, like, Oh, I have may have little overdone it here. I, I kind of jumped into the deep end that, that, that look he was given on his face was fucking mwah, perfection. Loved that's, it. That's what makes him the best heel in AEW by an yeah. absolute mile. That is for sure. Where do you go from here? Brian Danielson has he? I don't know if he's said it. I know he hasn't said it in AEW, but he's definitely said it in the past. He doesn't care if he wins championships. Mm-hmm. All he cares about is just going out there and wrestling whoever the best in all different styles leading into this with the five matches that he had to open up the year all against men with different styles all very good to excellent like almost network match of the year quality Mm because nothing i'm sorry is beating omega and osprey we can fight about it verbally anytime you want but you're gonna have to have me back on the show (laughs) there's still 10 months left in the year so or little little under I'll tell you, if the now's not the time, I mean, if Brian Danielson doesn't win here, he's never winning a championship. Not, not a world title. That is a great take. That is a great take. You have to do it now. And this, this, is, this is partially a legacy play, but he is arguably, well, he's definitely the best wrestler in North America. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the best wrestler in the world. So he's definitely just, it's, it's justified. He could win this match. And how do you outlast a guy who's had multiple one hour matches in ring of honor has shown that he, he can go the distance over and over and over again. He went to a one hour draw with hangman page on television before. So MJF's going to have to go to yes. Another level, another level. So you could really take MJF and just watch his star even go higher into the constellation. And I think that's what we're going to see, you know, like before this most recent dynamite, I would have said MJF is winning a hundred percent now after this past week. And, and to your point that if there's ever going to be the time, this is probably going to be the last time to pull the trigger on Danielson. I'm, I'm still at like 80% MJF. Like it would just, I just think it would be a little weird to take it off of him now, especially when they've, they've started kind of light. Uh, lining up a decent row of babyface challengers for him to take on after this. And the other side is, you know, not as great for possible challengers for Danielson, although he can make anything work. There is. Um, yeah. Oh, before you go back to it. Nope, no, yeah, there's just the heel side is so depleted. Mm-hmm. Danielson has nothing. Yeah. And I guess that that was the thing about the promo that was most important is that it, it gave me a, a little bit of hope that Danielson could win. Cause I would love to see him with that title. Uh, I don't think that's the right decision as a booker. I don't think that's the direction they're going. Um, I think this is going to be a, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a showcase 
for MJF in the sense of he, he's he's shown he can get down and dirty in a dog collar match. He can get down and dirty in a, just a world title match with Moxley. And this is that next level, you know, the Iron Man match. And it still is to me. I know a lot of people don't like it. It still is to me. I, I still like the Iron Man match. Um, but this is MJF. It's his time right now. It really is. And I only thought of why I actually thought of a scenario where you could get Danielson his championship. I'll go to that here in a second. MJF's going to retain, but Danielson sure as hell sold me that he could easily win this thing. Yeah, on Sunday man. And be a huge celebration and a well-deserved AEW world championship for, for a guy who over the last two decades has probably been the best wrestler on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get any arguments from me. I think the only way you could have him win an AW world title is if you decide at some point in the next uh, nine months to a year to put the belt back on Kenny Omega. Mm. Yeah. And that's a rematch we're still waiting for, isn't it? Omega Danielson for the AW yeah. world championship. It's a match that doesn't need it. But if you were to ever give Danielson a world championship, another <laughs> chance it's, it's Kenny. Good. Going back to that stupid tweet from earlier talking about Jay Lethal needs to be world champion. Like we're sitting here talking about like we need our Omega and Danielson world championship match. We need our, you know, the, the punk Omega. We need Danielson and punk. We need, we need all, all these different matches for the world champ. Hangman and MJF. Jay Lethal? <laughs> uh, Ring of Honor, maybe. But that was in not in its dying days, but it was definitely in a time period where they weren't really that hot. And I do like Jay Lethal, but yeah, same here. There's a good eight to ten. There's That's more than ten, right? Exactly. There's at least ten guys I would give an AW World Championship run to before Jay Lethal, if not more. Yep. Amen, man. Yeah. Amen. We're both going MJF. I think, like I said, if I'm if I read into MJF's list correctly, I think Wardlow's next. Hangman Page was the next guy on that list. What is this list? I don't remember the list. So MJF was on a plane, apparently, and on Twitter, he had a list of names in the order or just in order of guys that will never hold the AW world title. So Ricky Starks was number one. Brian Danielson was number two. Mm. Got Wardlow three, Hangman four, and Eddie Kingston was five. Oh, man. Speaking of people I want to see with the AEW World Championship. Mm -hmm. I think he's at a, at a time he was number one on my list. Eddie Which Kingston that, was. It feels like that ship probably sailed at least for another year. Because, you know, I, I like the idea of him as kind of being the face of Ring of Honor, frankly. If, I mean, if you're trying to sell that as its own separate promotion and trying to get that honor club streaming service going, that's the way you do it. But, oh, man, it's nice having options, dude. It's nice having options. It suits him well, Eddie and Ring of Honor as champ. Yeah, absolutely. You just, know, just like, you know, I think everybody loved Claudio finally getting his world championship. I think that's how everybody feels about Eddie right now and that this goes back to blood and guts Claudio and Eddie they have some issues man that they need to resolve so oh yes they do I honestly believe I honestly believe that Eddie Kingston would be the only guy that could win a world championship where I maybe would shed a tear 
I cried when Kofi won at 35. Partially. Yeah. Rick Rick Flair's retirement match. I, I got bought into that one, damn it. Sh- screw you, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi, I was close. I think Eddie would be Eddie would be it. In AEW at least. Sammy over on the WWE side. Yeah. <sighs> Do you think they should have pulled the trigger? I don't think they should have had the match. Whoa. Call me crazy. What? If you knew if you knew that was gonna that was, that was gonna be your play and that was your decision, I almost think you could have held off even longer. Huh. I do. I'm shook right now. I wasn't ready for that response. I know. I know. I there was the belief to me that Roman wasn't even gonna be on the card for Elimination Chamber, and he was gonna have that month off and then Cody at WrestleMania. Oh, I think I think that would have done more harm to Cody than so just going ahead, just going ahead and ripping the band-aid off, you know. You think Sammy was more of the bridge? I think so. Yeah. And hopefully down the road they can still go back to Sammy. I think he's he's a good enough of a talent that they can still do that down the road. If if workmen, I mean if if true wrestling fans would appreciate like today's pro wrestlers Let's just say Sami Zayn were to get that championship, and I want to see a, a KO turn and KO defeat Sami and knock him off and take those titles. Just replay what they did in NXT. Yeah. Just do it beat for fucking beat. <laughs> a lot of people would probably forget. I, that one of my favorite times in professional wrestling. Was that the first time that they played the credits? And then right I think as the so. credits happen, where they put the little credit tag at the bottom. I think so, dude. Yeah, they got me with that, man. They got me because the Gargano Champa turn that happened, but that was about nine months later. Was it only nine months later? I think it was, that had been longer than that. It was in twenty. Oh wait, you guys were in New Orleans. It was and before New that Orleans. Match was in, but yes, the, that match was in New Orleans in twenty eighteen. Champa, that's already missed with an AC. So that so that would have been. Seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen was the turn, and then uh, Zane winning was fifteen. I think that's right. There's so many people just screaming into their mm-hmm. headphones right now. Yeah, I think December. you're right. December was when Kevin Owens won the championship. No, uh, Sammy won it in December, and then KO won it few months later okay that's yeah. right so it was i knew it was december okay so i know it, i know it was uh nxt our our evolution yes it was because that was the first appearance of uh the demon finn with hideo atami versus the ascension same card ah, Ke- the ascension. Kevin, kevin owens versus the currently juice robinson always felt he's the most over, one of the most overrated wrestlers on earth juice robinson <laughs> agree Oh, I don't. What do people see in him? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, on a scale of one to ten, to close it, Justin, AW Revolution. Let's go with your hype going into it and how it's going to deliver. Scale of one to ten on both. I think I'm at about a eight and a half. Good call. It kind of feels. I mean, just based on two matches, it can get me to an eight and a half. Um, it's going to depend on how late it goes, man. I hate to say it. I hate to be that 42 year old who's watching the clock and, you know, has to go to work the next day. If they can wrap this thing up by 11, 
Uh, man, I'd, my excitement level will be really high. Seven o'clock start here in the Central. Well, seven matches before it. We'll say they go off the air at 10.58. So they'll find a way to keep it just under four. As long as they ex- execute the, the two main matches, I think this can easy, easily be a nine out of 10 pay-per-view. Yeah. I, my hype meter is eight, and it's because of the big two. There's nothing else on the card. I, I would have loved to have seen, and I know you would agree with me because we're, we're both swerving our glory marks. I would have loved to have seen a Keith Lee swerve Strickland match here. It's weird that they're putting Keith in a, another tag team already with a mm. horrible name. What is the name? Uh, what was it? It was Naturally Limitless. <laughs> Naturally Limitless. Yeah. Interesting. Dustin Rose been going not forever. As, not as good as Swerve in Our Glory. No. Like you said, the you know, Shaq and Kobe. Boy, shit. You know, now that you said that, that's the match that should have been on this card. There's got to be something going on with Keith Lee where he can't be in singles matches. Because Swerve versus mm. Keith should have been, you know, give me that over Christian and Jack Perry. Okay. Yeah, I think from the singles matches perspective that don't have championships on the line. Yeah. You have Jungle Boy and Christian main event of Dynamite. Actually, no, I should say, give me that instead of uh, uh, Wardlow and Joe. Just push everything back like a week. That, that That's a Dynamite match anyways. The TNT title for a long time was not defended on pay-per-view. It was really weird because she was just getting defended so much on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from a delivery standpoint, because two of the matches make me super nervous. It's the women's and the tag team championships. Who thought the tag team championships would be a piss break match potentially? It's going to be. I cannot believe it. So I think these these pay-per-views basically always deliver. It just comes down to how long they are. I know. As as if the fans get the fatigue, you know? Um, They haven't really had any stinkers, though, for a couple of years now. Full Gear last year definitely over-delivered. It did not overstay its welcome. I think yeah. it had 10 or 11 matches on it. Agree. Very thoroughly paced. It's just going to be a matter of what direction. Ooh, this is a great question to ask you before we close. Can you give me a final score on the 60-minute Ironman match? Do we, do we go low scoring? Like 1-0? No. 2-1? Or do we, there, bump we, it up? we We've got the famous 1-0 Ironman match. So you don't want to do that again. I, I got a feeling you're going to see, be seeing a lot of MJF shenanigans. I think it's going to be a little bit higher count. I think it's going to be in that. See, I want to say 6-5, but I think that's what Triple H and Rock was in their Iron Man match. With The Undertaker coming out. And I don't really like going higher than that, considering the guys. Because like, if you pin them too much, then it becomes meaningless. So I'll go 4-3. Go Bump once- it down a little bit. I'm going to go one step lower. I'm going to say 3-2. All right. Both on the MJF scorecards. Goodness. Why does it have to be on Sunday night? Especially when it's not <laughs> holiday. I mean, do you think yeah. it'll be do you think it'll be a back and forth or like a a Danielson needing or trying to come back from like a 3-0? You were close. I was I was going to go MJF 2-0. Okay. Danielson 2 2. 
And, and then MJF, MJF gets the final one. I the like final, that. I don't know. I don't think it's going to go to overtime. I'm, I'll say maybe with two and a half minutes left to make it a 3-2 game. Or a I like it. Match. Let's go with that. But MJF going to try to, I mean, he is going to cheat a lot, but I actually want to see the technical side of him come out because I, I know that it's there. I just, he strikes me as the kind of guy that's going to do, he's going to inflict a ton of damage by getting himself disqualified and losing that first fall. And then trying to get a bunch of falls off of that disqualification to try and build up a lead. And then we're going to see Danielson trying to make that comeback. I think that's how this is going to go. The dynamite diamond ring just knocks him out. <laughs> one nothing MJF. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, one nothing Brian Danielson. Ref sees it disqualification. Hell yeah. Well, well, it's in Golden State, so it's going to need to be a, a dick punch a la Draymond and LeBron. Oh no, I think, oh no, I think your 4 3 is going to be right. <laughs> Golden yeah. State choked a 3 1 series lead before. Well, then again, the Lucha Bros did it with the tags as well. So, okay. I, Tony Khan, such a big sports fan. I think, I, yeah, I think you're onto something. I'll stick with 3 2. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you're going to be right, though, Justin. 4 3. Yeah. Got to pay the homage to the sports. Well, that was an AEW Revolution preview. They went up, down, all around with a smidge of WWE nostalgia into it. And then Wrestling Twitter's wonderful takes at the very beginning. So don't skip a minute of that. And some beer talk at the very beginning with, an, with a splash of alcohol mixed in. Justin, what I want you to do on your way out, I get a feeling you're going to likely promote your podcast stuff as opposed to, and I can help if you need be, as opposed to your own personal account. Uh, well, my own personal account, uh, nobody's probably going to care about because mostly I just uh, like or retweet soccer or basketball stuff or maybe some jokes. So if you're <laughs> only in it for the wrestling, I'm not the the, the follower on Twitter that you want. Uh, but I would say follow at Top Rope Nation. I would say most importantly, come join us on our Facebook page, which is where most of the fun is. Uh, or go follow my my co-hosts. They're good people, Ryan Droste and Kyle Ross. And I don't think it's I don't think it's officially posted yet. But as Jesse said, we've got the Wrestle War ninety one. I think Patreons can can go and get it. But uh, that's a good one, man. All our Patreons are really good. You can watch the video of it right it now is, yes. that you can do an audio form. Maybe it is coming out right about now. It's, it's, it's it, getting very close. And I know Ryan puts a lot of work into the audio stuff. It's worth waiting to listen to that, or at least, you know, watching, I can guarantee is going to be a treat, but uh, waiting and listening to all the extra stuff will be a, a pleasure to the ears. One last question as well. I keep saying that. I've said that about nine times tonight. Which WrestleMania do you want to review coming next month? Hmm. Or this month of March? You know what? That That's, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I got nothing for, for that one. I, Ryan and Kyle are the ones who really drive the train there. You know, I, I am, I am the, uh, crush of this demolition podcast that we got going on i'm that third wheel i follow their lead and you have way more talent than brian adams though i appreciate that yes you know what? we we haven't done wrestlemania 30 i'll say that 
I'd like Ooh. to cover WrestleMania 30. That's one of my all-time favorites. That's a good call. So we were we were talking about that, Michael Jenkinson and myself, when we were talking 1998 WWF. Speaking of which, WrestleMania 14, 25 year anniversary. Mm. The crowning of mm-hmm. Stone Cold and the last appearance of the winged eagle belt, I believe. Yes. That is correct because it went to the stone to the skulls. Austin 316. Yes. So it'll have to be a WrestleMania, at least we're thinking. Unless viewers shock the world and it's uncensored 98. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Yeah, fuck it. Do that. Vote for that, everybody. We want to see Sting versus Scott Hall. Not main <laughs> event the show. It's Hogan Savage, I believe. That politician Terry Balea. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Jesse C. Velasquez on Twitter, wrestling you the letter U on Twitter, Google app on Spotify is where you can find the show. Justin's already promoted Top Rope Nation, so I don't think I need to, but I'll do it one more time anyway. Patreon, YouTube channel subscriptions. They're under the SE Scoops banner, which I write for on Sundays, as long as articles don't get snapped up by all the other editors in there. They do a great job. So always a fun time. Any other closing words of wisdom? Jesse, thank you so much for having me on, man. Like I said, I I normally like to play the third wheel, but but it's been nice to be a, a duo for this podcast. I, you know, I've I've had a blast, and I'm really looking forward to Sunday. We both are. We're about yeah, less than seventy two hours away. So yeah, Justin, you don't get to do this often. I needed to have you on. Definitely have you back on in the future. Probably doing AEW preview down the road. I'm sure. Down, man. Hell yes. And send the back signal. Done deal. For Justin Joint, my name is Jesse Velasquez. That has been episode 115 of the Unplugged Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you on the flip side. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.